Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. Welcome to our show tonight. This is Polygamy, What Love Is This? And I am your host, Doris Hansen. And I'm grateful every week that we can come and share what's on our hearts uh, in this culture about our topic, polygamy. But first, uh, before we get started tonight, I have a couple of announcements. The first one is the Utah County Support Group for those who are questioning or transitioning out of the Mormon faith, and that, of course, includes polygamists as well. They're going to be meeting, their next meeting is Tuesday, April 16th at 6 p.m., and it's going to be at First Baptist Church, 1144 West Columbia Lane in Provo. And for more information, you can call 801-374-8489 or you can email way61 at hotmail.com. And they're going to be showing the DVD Jericho. And this is for anyone who is migrating from religion to relationship. And it's also for any interested Christians as well. And this is our final reminder uh, for this year's Capstone Conference. It's going to be tomorrow and Saturday, April 12th and 13th. The Capstone Conference is going to be held at Calvary Chapel. The address is 460 West Century Drive, and that's 4350 South in here in Salt Lake City. For more information, you can call 801-264-9999, or you can go to their website, capstoneconference.com. The admission is free. Um, the purpose of the conference is to equip Christians to minister in this culture. And we have been asked to give a presentation on Saturday afternoon at the conference, and that'll be on the 13th. And we're going to be focusing on Joseph Smith's plural wives who had legal husbands. There were 11 married couples where the husband shared his wife with Joseph Smith. Jim Catlin and I were, were asked to talk about it, and it will be from 2.45 until 3.15 on Saturday afternoon. And uh, we'll also be having a table in the foyer. If you want to come by and say hello, we'd love to see you. So join us at the conference Friday, tomorrow, and Saturday. It's free. You'll be blessed, and you might learn something that you didn't already know. The keynote speaker of the conference uh, is Dr. Phil Roberts, and he served as president of Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, and he also will be the guest speaker on Sunday, April 14th at Mill Creek Baptist Church, and the address is 1515 East, 4500 South in Holiday. So if you want to hear some good, exciting, powerful biblical preaching, you can come to Mill Creek Baptist Church on Sunday morning, the 14th, and our worship begins there at 10.45 a.m. Everyone is invited to come and enjoy Dr. Roberts' exposition of biblical truths. You know, polygamy in Mormon church history is the umbilical cord that connects the Mormons to present-day polygamists. And that umbilical cord has never been severed. And, and it cannot be severed until they actually totally and publicly renounce polygamy from the beginning as a bad, ungodly doctrine and not a revelation from God to Joseph Smith. Official LDS church history and Joseph Smith's published history, as well as Joseph Smith's own diaries, all ignored 
the secret practice of polygamy in Nauvoo. And those histories were never revised to include the truth of the increasing practice of celestial marriage, which was a phrase that in those days exclusively meant polygamy. However, other personal diaries, Nauvoo Temple sealing records and LDS church records beginning in 1852 were detailed with publicly recorded plural marriages. Even though Emma denied Joseph Smith's plural marriages, too many of those diaries and affidavits and documented evidence proved that Smith was indeed a polygamist on a prodigious level. He didn't just have one or two polygamous wives, which would have been enough to make him a polygamist, but he had 33 wives besides Emma. This information is easily available to anyone who will take the time to check it out. So do that, please, before you call in and call us liars. <clears throat> Tonight's guests were on our show on March 18th of 2010. And if you want to see that show, you can go to our website, whatloveisthis.tv, and click on March 18th, 2010, and you can watch uh, our show with them at that time. Uh, they lived in Nauvoo for several years, and they headed a Christian ministry there, but they now live in Texas. And tonight, to discuss Nauvoo polygamy, I would like to introduce and welcome back our guests, Rocky and Helen Holtz. Thank you, folks, Thanks. for being here. Well, well, we're you. glad to be here. All the way from Texas. All the way from Texas. Well, you know, Texas is so big. It's okay <laughs> if we come to a smaller state like Utah every now and then, but you know. <laughs> yeah, and Texas and polygamy have a good relationship, <laughs> don't they? Right. <laughs> that's that's true. That's true. <laughs> Would you like to tell our viewers about your your Mormon missions outreach ministry and contact information in case anyone would like to contact you for for some purpose? Take it away. Well, I can take it away. Okay. Um, it, our ministry is called Mormon Missions Midwest Outreach, and you can go to www.mormonoutreach.org. And uh, if you want to send us an email with any of your questions, we uh, will answer them, and you can just send that to contact at mormonoutreach.org. And I'll be happy to, to answer any and all emails that come in, which I do on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. And you're going to be speaking at the Capitol uh, Conference on mm -hmm. Saturday? Correct. Uh -huh. Doing a uh, presentation on uh, grace and righteousness, uh, oh. comparing Christian grace and righteousness to Mormonism's definition of grace and righteousness. Mm -hmm. That so, ought to be very interesting. Yeah. So we do urge our viewers to watch. You might learn something that you didn't Looking already know. Yeah, it's going to be good. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, Rocky, you were born and raised a Mormon. And so True. you're familiar with Mormon doctrine, which includes Absolutely. the history and historical early Mormon polygamy, but you were not raised. No. But by necessity, you had to learn it as well, right? I did. <laughs> yes, I did. And your background, of course, wasn't, um, wasn't, didn't have any connection at all to no, the Mormon. I, I grew up uh, in California. I was uh, born and raised in California, and I grew up in a non-Christian um, home, mm -hmm. um, no religion whatsoever. So... Uh, essentially, I didn't know anything about uh, Rocky's faith um, or his uh, church, uh, other than I thought every Mormon lived in Utah. <laughs> so um, I found out that that was not exactly true. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, I became a Christian, actually trying to convert to Mormonism. Well, and um, God is uh, God is sovereign on that, wasn't He? He certainly was. Yeah, he certainly was. And so, in all these years, I got saved in November of '81. 
and um, uh, he got saved in uh, January of January. 86. January 1st of 1986. 86. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. so you're seasoned Christians at this point and work a lot with the Mormon culture. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. of course, that involves polygamy. You you were in Malvu and ministered mm -hmm. there quite a bit. Mm -hmm. and, and there are myths abounding about early Mormon polygamy. And it seems like I hear a new myth almost every week, something yep. new that somebody has made up about why early Mormons lived polygamy. Mm -hmm. And one of those myths is that the early Mormons lived polygamy until laws were made against it. And, and that the laws were made after the polygamy revelation came to Joseph Smith. Was polygamy legal or was it illegal when the Mormons first started living polygamy in Nauvoo? Illegal. It was against the laws of the state of Illinois. And they did not make the laws specifically pinpointed it because the Mormons were living it. it was no, already. I think uh, they actually, uh, and I may stand corrected on this, but I believe that uh, they were in the Illinois state constitution when Illinois became a state. That's so, my understanding as well. And right. in fact, it was illegal every place that they moved to, yes. even in, even Mexico and Canada. Absolutely. It was illegal when they uh, before they went there. It was illegal. No one made laws specifically against right. their okay. practice. So that is a myth. Now, there, they, the what's interesting about all of this is they knew it was illegal. They knew it mm -hmm. at the time. Um, but there's a, there's a 12th article of faith. Rocky, do you want to talk about the 12th article of faith? We'll put it up on the screen. And that's okay. kind of a concern that we would have over polygamy. Well, it's uh, interesting. I mean, when I was born and raised uh, sixth generation Mormon on my dad's side, fourth generation on my, on my mother's. So I was well uh, uh, steeped in the church. We were a very active Mormon family. So when I was uh, young, when I was in primary, of course, you know, you, you learned the articles of, of uh, faith uh, as written, penned by Joseph Smith. And in fact, uh, they were first printed uh, in the Times and Season, uh, which was the newspaper of Nauvoo. Uh, and I believe the, the uh, I don't know, the, I can't remember the exact month, but it was in 1841 or, or 1842 at the very latest uh, that, the, that these were penned. And the, the 12th article of faith, we can go ahead and put that up on the, on the screen. Okay. Um, as you can see, it says, uh, we believe in being subject to kings, presidents, rulers, and magistrates in obeying, honoring, and sustaining the law. So Joseph Smith penned these. Um, is the Mormon Church doesn't believe in creeds. It puts down the Christian creeds, which which really are a a faith statement about uh, what Christianity believes. Mm -hmm. And instead, uh, since they put the creeds down, uh, he penned these as a substitution for a creed. But in mm -hmm. essence, it is a creed it, anyway. In, in essence, yeah. it is. <laughs> Different but word. nonetheless, this twelfth one talks about in, in obeying and sustaining, honoring the law, um, and. The fact is, is that he penned these, published them, and then was practicing polygamy, which was uh, out and out against the laws of the state of, of Illinois. So uh, at the minimum you could say here is that Joseph Smith w was, was a profound hypocrite. Uh, but uh, uh, I think as, as our discussion goes on and we, we start talking the, this evening uh, um, about this, I think it's going to be very clear to see that uh, polygamy was was nothing more than than the outcrop of Joseph Smith covering his indiscretions, mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. and I think the evidence supports that. 
Mm -hmm. I'm not being inflammatory when I say that. Mm -hmm. I think an, an, an honest, uh, yeah, an honest mm -hmm. look at the history um, and the facts surrounding how it came to be um, will will support that. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. and we're using tonight. We we have a book here called Nauvoo Polygamy, and I think they have a. Um, uh, 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 graphic there for the screen by George D. Smith. It's a nice big thick book with lots and lots and <laughs> lots of information. And we're going to talk about that. You guys were in Nauvoo for uh, quite a long time mm -hmm. and so we are, and that kind of hits right mm -hmm. in your bone backyard. So why is polygamy in Nauvoo such an important chapter in Mormon history? Well because that's uh, technically where it first began. Now According you, to their official, yeah, you know, it's, the, the church kind of officially mm -hmm. recognizes that, that that's the point uh, where it began. Now they played that down mm -hmm. uh, because 1852 is when is when it was first acknowledged, and and the uh, uh, revelation <laughs> was first published. However, it was received uh, in 18, uh, I believe it was 1842, section uh, 132 of the Doctrine and Covenants. And, uh, but the, uh, <clears throat> the church has to, they, they play it down and say it was really uh, promoted and was brought into being here, it was allowed to be practiced here. Uh, but in reality, uh, we, uh, we see that that is where Joseph Smith really kicked it off and, and put it in high-speed overload. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, in, in the short period of time, 1841, until his death in 1844, 30, 33 wives. Now, of course, Emma, he married uh, back in, what, 1828 or whatever it was? 27, the, 27 was okay. Good. But, uh, you know, he added to his list of wives 32 in a, in a period of uh, of three years, or, or a little less than, mm -hmm. so um, that's where it really got going, and uh, that's where the the other uh, brethren that were allowed to practice, and where he first brought them into the polygamy fold, mm -hmm. uh, began. Uh -huh. So, well, I I think that one thing that's very important to remember too is that when this kind of exploded, if you will there in Nauvoo was that the um, it was being given and in, in practiced in secrecy among the leadership uh, behind the members mm -hmm. um, backs mm -hmm. essentially and so there was favors if you will handed out and those favors uh, from you know a, a female's perspective was right. that other women were being given to right. men mm -hmm. as favors and that favor. that simply exploded there in Nauvoo right. um, it was it, it, he was actually practicing it from from right beginning as the church founded in 1830 I mean he was already taking mm -hmm. women as polygamous wives but it was there in Nauvoo that it just really really, really it did that's a good yeah. word for it it just like it was it was something being practiced in the dark and it mushroomed and just exploded it, when when did the public, both Mormon and non-Mormon, first learn about Joseph Smith's doctrine of polygamy? And if it was before they left Illinois, did polygamy have anything to do with the Mormons leaving the state 
and were the negative reactions against the Mormons only because uh, was it only because of their secret practice of polygamy, or were there other reasons <laughs> that they were kind of forced out of the state or out of this? Not well, polygamy was part of 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 the overall, but it but it wasn't everything. Uh, I think polygamy was uh, was played down. Um, even when it was going on, and the church now uh, publishes the dates of the marriage of the polygamous marriages that they know about. Now, some of them they guess that uh, they're not exactly sure. But if you look at the dates uh, of the published dates by the church historian office of polygamy, you also find denials published by Joseph Smith in the Times and Seasons, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, stating that they are not practicing polygamy. Yet, absolutely they were. So here's the prophet of the church lying Uh uh, about this practice. And it really came to light when John C. Bennett left the church and went uh, and published in the uh, Sagamo Journal or whatever Mm -hmm. was the initial report where he talked about the fact that polygamy was being uh, actively practiced in Nauvoo and, and laid out in some detail some of the marriages uh, and, and how young some of these girls were, and uh, some of the other uh, aspects, and it and it outraged the public. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's for sure. So there was a negative aspect uh, of the uh, and persona perception of the people living uh, in Illinois about uh, the practice of polygamy, but in reality there was there were many other things that that went on. The <coughs> the uh, Nauvoo City Charter uh, was particularly inflammatory to the people in that area because the uh, the uh, Nauvoo City Charter was gained uh, on a on, uh, sympathy by the Nauvoo, or excuse me, by the Illinois Legislature uh, because the Mormons had been uh, had been driven out of Missouri, mm-hmm. and so there was yep. a lot of uh, compassion and and um, uh, that was kind of surrounded that document and it was allowed to go through and was passed and it gave a great deal of power uh, to um, the uh, government of of Nauvoo. And so that that power that the Nauvoo Charter allowed plus the the power of, of the leadership of the Mormon Church uh, stretched the, the the Nauvoo Charter to its limits, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and the leadership of Nauvoo were the Mormons. Exactly, well, right. so they mm-hmm. were the Mormons. Well, Joseph okay. Smith was the mayor, right? Um, and and essentially, <clears throat> the uh, the hierarchy of the church, the first presidency, and many of the uh, apostles of the church were the city council, mm-hmm. and and what was hap- <clears throat> what was happening was Joseph Smith was usurping power uh, to himself. They were granting deeds. Well, deeds can only be granted uh, at the at the uh, county seat. The county seat was Carthage. Yet Joseph Smith was granting deeds um, and and pocketing the money that was being paid oh, uh, for mm-hmm. those things. He was gr- he was granting marriage licenses. Those can only be done, <laughs> you know, through uh, the county seat at Carthage. So he was usurping power. And that wow. was inflaming the public is mm-hmm. what was going. But the real mm-hmm. thing that kicked it off was uh, any uh, writs that were uh, of arrests 
that were administered by anyone, doesn't, doesn't matter whether they were a county, uh, state, whatever. Even out of state. Uh, if once a, a justice of the peace came to Nauvoo and tried to administer an arrest warrant, then Joseph Smith uh, the uh, said that that all writs and, and, and he did this in concert with the Nauvoo City Charter had to be approved by the mayor so so a justice of the peace would come in with a with a warrant for an arrest and he would look at it and the the we would call the city council together and they would hold a court and would dispose of the of the writ. Oh my goodness! And so mm -hmm. that absolutely corrupt government in, infuriated for sure. absolutely. the the citizens of Illinois. Mm -hmm. And there's ample evidence of this. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm not making this up. There's ample mm -hmm. evidence that this is uh, what was going on. It, and it wasn't all oh, the, the the people of Illinois just didn't like the Mormons because of their faith. No, they mm -hmm. didn't like the what was happening. If, uh, if, if, if a Mormon went out and, and was, uh, uh, was found to have been stealing someone's cattle and, and, a, and a warrant was issued for their arrest, it, they would come to Nauvoo and it would be disposed of. Mm -hmm. And that absolutely infuriated the countryside. Yes. And, and that would infuriate yes, us course, today if that was happening yeah. in, in this state or any uh -huh. other state. A use, uh, usurpation, that's probably not a word, but I just, uh, <coughs> of the now. law <laughs> it is now. You just uh, by it. anyone <laughs> makes we Americans angry when we, when we find the, that happening. Well, and yes. that's exactly that's what was happening there. So, so polygamy was, was one part of it, but there were many there were other, other factors. As well. that, that In my introduction, I quoted uh, from the book Nauvoo Polygamy that official church history ignored the secret practice of yes, polygamy. Mm -hmm. Is that why Gordon Hinckley conveniently left Nauvoo polygamy out <laughs> of the 1998 interview with the press? Or did Hinckley just not know what he was talking about? No, I, 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 talking I, about. <laughs> he had to know what he was talking about. But uh, uh, that's the problem. And that's one of the things when I started studying Mormon history, when, when, it was, uh, when it was presented to me that the Mormon church was not the only true church on the face of the earth, of course I re re reacted very negatively to that. Of course it's the only true oh. church on the face of the earth. What are you talking about? <laughs> I you saying, know, uh, oh yeah. yes, you reacted negatively. <laughs> so, uh, and I was going you know, to do what any red-blooded American male should do. I was going to prove my wife was wrong. Oh. And so um, I, I set out in, in, a, in a period of systematic <clears throat> research to, to prove that these things that she was bringing to me saying, oh, did you know about this and did you know about this and, and all these different aspects of Mormon history um, and, and doctrine. And so uh, in, in studying those things, um, that's, what, that's what brought me out of the church was mm -hmm. the falsification, the rewriting, uh, the deleting uh, of Mormon history. And there's no question that President Hinckley knew that that polygamy uh, really got kickstarted in Nauvoo. Mm -hmm. uh, there's just no way. And so when he made 
gave that interview in 1998 and conveniently left that out. He said it was on a very restricted well, and scale. That's, I, that's exactly yeah. what I was trying to say, was that there was very few people who practiced polygamy, and it was on a very limited uh, restricted state. That's not, that is not accurate because mm -hmm. um, right there in Nauvoo, when it exploded, as I mm -hmm. said, it, it just really like ballooned mm -hmm. out and it was be being done because <coughs> of favors being given to people, right. men right. returning as missionaries, to cover up because of the anger that was being um, and then he approached the wrong the, man's mm -hmm. wife the wives, right. <laughs> and daughters and so forth. And, and today, you know, that you hear that they were driven out of Nauvoo because of polygamy. That's not accurate. That's there not were right. outstanding warrants for uh, Brigham Young's arrest, um, before, and there was outstanding warrants for Joseph Smith's arrest before he was taken to Carthage. Which goes back to Article 12. They, they were breaking the law in more areas than just polygamy. Exactly. <laughs> they, uh, all over. But you know, if you look at that statement <clears throat> by Hinckley where he says in 1846 and 47 that it was permitted on a restricted scale, 1846 ignores the fact that the church acknowledges today that Joseph Smith had 30 plus wives. Mm -hmm. Well, Joseph was killed in June of 1844. So, how restricted know, is 33 wives? Well, but, but 40, you know, as we just saw on the screen, 1846, 1847, that was two, three years after Joseph Smith was killed. Mm -hmm. So, uh, the church acknowledges, church historians cannot deny the fact that he, that he had 30 plus wives. Well, he was killed in 44. So, this statement by, by uh, President Hinckley is deceptive mm -hmm. at, at best. Mm -hmm. It's a deception well, which totally ignores. If he was the prophet and knew what was going on, and he, he should if he was the prophet. Right. So mm -hmm. he either lied or he's not the prophet. But <clears throat> on page 574 of this book uh, begins a 65-page chart of mm -hmm. data about the practice of polygamy in Nauvoo. And I kind of crunched the numbers and where they're going to go up on the screen mm -hmm. to kind of make a, a, a graphic of what you just said. Mm -hmm. uh, the population in Nauvoo in 1845 census, the official census, was 11,036 people. And according to the chart in uh, the documented chart in this book, 196 men had plural wives, 1,134 wives were included, uh, and that of course includes the first wife. 1,100 or 3,171 children were living in polygamous homes. Mm -hmm. So that's a total of 4,501 people living in polygamous families in Nauvoo. And that is a significant number, isn't it, for 11,000 population of 11,000. That's almost 41% of the population sure. was living polygamy. That's mm -hmm. not a very restricted scale. <clears throat> That's not restricted no. at all. And, and this is um, right, right tonight. It's 2013 right now. And if you were to go to Nauvoo, this moment uh, on the corner, literally, is a statue of a man standing there that faces the temple, the Nauvoo temple. It's right on the corner, and he's standing there with one wife and his arm around her, and down <laughs> the side of the stone is all the names of the other wives. Oh, my goodness. So there, it's polygamy is illegal today, and yet in and a town... Celebrate it. Yeah. They're still celebrating. They're celebrating lawbreaking. You have some key points of why the polygamy revelation is a total fraud. Um, what Would you like to tell us what some of those key points are? Well, I think uh, 
they uh, they they say that it was uh, the date on uh, in uh, section 132 is 1842. Um, the church, however, church historians uh, today, and actually it goes back to I think um, uh, 1890 uh, when um, uh, the first church historian at that point <clears throat> had to acknowledge that Fanny Alger had to have been a polygamist wife. Well, the, the affair, uh, Oliver Cowdery, who was the second elder of the church, who, uh, according to church history, he and, and uh, Joseph were ordained to be the first elders of the church uh -huh. under the hands of Peter, James, and John, yeah. that uh, uh, Oliver Cowdery called the um, relationship between Fanny Alger, uh, who was a... Um, uh, a helper in the Smith household in uh, Kirtland, uh -huh. uh, Ohio, called it a, a, a dirty, nasty, filthy affair. Right. Uh, so, but <clears throat> they, they can't run away from the fact that there was a relationship between Joseph and this young girl. And so the church says, well, that must have been the first wife, the first polygamous wife. So Joseph Smith must have received this revelation, you know, back right after the church first began, but, but he didn't uh, write it down until 1842, and then it wasn't published by the church until 1852. Uh, the whole thing is just, it's, it's, it's muddy water. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and, yeah. and by it, the mere fact that, so that Oliver Cowdery, mm -hmm. the second elder of the church, uh, who who the you know he and Joseph witnesses. interfaced every day they were the leaders of the church mm -hmm. why would this second elder not know about this revelation <laughs> right and that Joseph was was simply you know following the revelation and taking a a a, a polygamous wife why would he call it a dirty nasty you know little right. affair if, if it was a revelation from god mm -hmm. yeah. it, it wasn't it was an affair and now the church has to to cover it up, and, and my personal opinion in looking at the big picture of polygamy, going back to Fanny Alger, and then moving forward to Nauvoo, um, that it, it, it was simply a revelation of convenience that covered up Joseph's mm -hmm. indiscretions. Cover up, I think yeah. so too. Yeah, uh, and, I, and it I was steeped in secrecy. Isn't that something mm -hmm. that would never? <clears throat> From the God that we read about in the Bible, would there ever be that much secrecy? Absolutely well, I don't, not. We don't see any secrecy None. in in, in uh, Jesus' ministry. Right. And in fact, uh, uh, John was eighteen twenty. Eighteen twenty. Uh -huh. uh, chapter eighteen, verse twenty. Uh, do we have a graphic? Yes, it goes up on okay. the screen as well. Let's uh, let's put up John uh, uh, chapter eighteen, verse twenty. Or Jesus answered him, I spake openly to the world. I ever taught in the synagogue and in the temple, whither the Jews always resort, and in secret have I said nothing. We don't find uh, in Jesus' ministry uh, the, the apostles having secret meetings right. and discussing secret doctrines. Everything was open. Jesus openly taught in the synagogues. Mm -hmm. He openly taught on the hillsides. Right. Uh, there wasn't anything in in secret, and so why would uh, the God of the Bible uh, bring a revelation to Joseph Smith, which now, in order to cover Fanny Alger, the church has to say Joseph received it 
way back in 1830-31 time frame, Mm -hmm. if that was a command um, and a revelation, why was it steeped in secrecy Mm -hmm. uh, until... Uh, 1852, or actually, why was it steeped in, in secrecy, in even in the 40s, where uh, in, in Nauvoo, where mm-hmm. it was really, as you say, blossomed, that's probably a good word uh, <laughs> okay. to, uh, to use with respect to that. Uh, and another, another thing about that as well is that they use the Old Testament uh, pe- polygamists exactly. in the Old Testament as their standard or basic sure. justification, mm-hmm. and Agreed. yet, obviously, they didn't live polygamy in secret. secret. No, they there, lived it very, very openly. openly and it was written about for thousands of years to people uh, mm-hmm. uh, to, to know about it. And God never gave that as a command he and, didn't. And, uh, to those that did, and if you look at the Word of God, those that practiced polygamy and took uh, multiple wives, uh, they all really suffered for that in, in terrible negative. ways. And another thing about uh, the Old Testament polygamy is you will not find very many priests no. or prophets in the Bible that lived polygamy. It were the kings mostly, mm-hmm. mostly the kings who lived it, and they were disobeying Deuteronomy 17, 17. Exactly. So there's nothing good about polygamy the, in the Bible the at all. It was the pride. It was not priests yeah. that did that. It yeah. was not apostles that did that. It was right. not. It right. was those that 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 were trying to gain something to uh, promote themselves. Mm-hmm. And so they took these and other it was the wives. Culture, so they did. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, we need to take a break right now and uh, open up our telephone lines. Our okay. telephone number is eight zero one nine seven three eight eight two zero. 801-973-TV20. We'd love to have you call in and get in on the conversation. Make your comments or questions if you'd like. Um, And uh, be sure and turn your TV volume down when you call in. So uh, we're going to uh, share our ministry message with you while we're waiting for your calls to show up on the phone. You are watching Polygamy, What Love Is This? Broadcasting live from Salt Lake City, Utah. This program is the broadcast outreach of A Shield and Refuge Ministry. Shield and Refuge is a point of first contact for Mormon fundamentalists who question the doctrines of the religion or who are actively seeking for an opportunity to escape the polygamist lifestyle. Examining the claims of fundamentalist doctrine against the backdrop of biblical truth is central to our efforts. We invite you to contact us. Call toll-free at 877 425-9993 or email us at tv at aboutpolygamy.com We want you to know that we've made available to you some outstanding resources free of charge. You will find them at our website www.whatloveisthis.tv There you will find the DVD Lifting the Veil of Polygamy which documents the real life stories told firsthand of those who were lifted out of the culture of polygamy through the power and love of Jesus Christ. Also, free of charge to you is the booklet, Is Polygamy Biblical? It explores plural marriage in the context of God's Word and answers questions like, Did God ever command polygamy? Is it part of God's plan? While you are at our website, make sure to take advantage of the archived episodes of this program, which can stream on demand directly to your computer. There are more than 100 shows to choose from. And if someone you know is unable to view this program via live broadcast, recommend that they visit this same website every Thursday at 8 p.m. Mountain Time to watch this show through live streaming video. Simply follow the links to the live streaming video page. 
If you are watching live tonight, we invite you to call us as we open our phone lines. The number is 801-973-TV20. That's 801-973-8820. Now, back to Polygamy, What Love Is This? with our host, Doris Hansen. Welcome back to our show. This is Polygamy, What Love Is This? And I am your host, Doris Hansen, and we are having a good discussion about Nauvoo polygamy with Rocky and Helen Holtz, uh, all the way here from Texas. And uh, if you are interested in being involved in the conversation, give us a call. Our phone number is 973-8820. We would love to hear from you. Uh, I'm going to get a little bit off topic uh, right now and just mention something that kind of went viral on, um, on the Internet in the past mm -hmm. couple of days. Mm -hmm. And it is from a website called, it's from a blog website called Journey of Loyal Descent, mm -hmm. uh, where someone posted... Uh, that there has been, from very reliable sources, uh, Grant Palmer has acknowledged the authenticity of a memo about the general authorities and the Mormon leadership who are being paid off uh, to deny or to, to maintain Demand their, their uh, belief in Mormonism, and yet in, in private they don't believe it at all. They've even said so. Mm -hmm. Do you know much well, about this? I don't know. I mean, I know about what you're talking about, and I've heard this kind of thing before from other sources that there's been um, that kind of thing go going on where there's been money offered because there, there is so much that, that literally, if you are in the hierarchy of the church, you're going to run across documents and things like that that, mm -hmm. that are censored, and that's that's truly what brought Rocky out of Mormonism was, was, see, was seeing the censorship and the, that, that kind of thing. Finding out the truth about the history. Exactly, and, mm -hmm. and so it's essentially kind of the same thing. And I, I firmly believe that there is more to this, this uh, than, than, than we what we've seen several, now. Yeah. It's going to, I think it's going to come out. We more hope so. the truth. We hope this brings out Absolutely. the truth. We certainly Absolutely. do. Again, for any mm -hmm. of our, what you were going to say? Well, as I think this, you can take this clear back to uh, the Hoffman murders. Yeah, Why was sure. the church mm -hmm. buying these documents from Mark Hoffman mm -hmm. to suppress them, to, to, to lock them away in the first presidency's safe uh, so that the common, everyday Joe Mormon didn't find out about these things? Mm -hmm. the, the history of the, the Mormon church is so muddled um, and that it provided a lucrative opportunity for Mark Hoffman to make a bunch of money. Mm -hmm. And it, to go back and to, to uh, read The Mormon Murders or, or any of the, those uh, three books, was it The Salamander? And mm -hmm. there's three books that were written by, uh, by uh, investigative <coughs> reporters ab about the Mark Hoffman trials and, and, what, and, and what led up to uh, that and, and what he did, which was an awful thing. But um, it, when, you, when you start reading about that and finding out about that, it, the the Mormon history is not what the church promotes today, right. and and because of that, it provided this lucrative opportunity for mm -hmm. a documents dealer to produce these false documents that the Mormon church readily paid big dollars for to keep them off. And, and they didn't know the they street. were fraudulent. Well, documents. you know, just not to belabor this, but but who was it that was? purchasing those documents. It was the church. It, it was Gordon B. Hinckley. He wasn't he the prophet. He should have if he it, was a prophet. Well, he wasn't the prophet yet. He was the, he was, um, 
title? I think it was uh, second counselor. Second counselor time. to the prophet at the time, but uh, but he he's still a prophet seer and revelator later. Mm -hmm. that, I mean, they're all right. ordained as that. Mm -hmm. So why was he buying these documents to hide them away so that that the common uh, or the the members of the church of would not see it. Exactly. A lot of questions that people should be asking. Mm -hmm. Again, that's uh, Journey of Loyal Descent. If anybody wants to go to that website, the blog, Journey of Loyal Descent, and you can find the document that we are here talking about. Mm -hmm. Well, it looks like we have some calls. Okay. So okay. let's see what we can um, hear from our viewers. Line two, we have Debbie in Spanish Fork. Hello, Debbie. Hi. Hi, you're on the air. Okay. What's your question? Hi. What's your question, Debbie? Um, well, it isn't really a question, I guess. It's more of a comment, but um, I did graduate from high school with a diploma also in seminary, and I seem to recall that their actual flight and ostracization, I guess, or what made them actually come to the Ohio area was when they were chased out of New York. Clear back in... Um, I think it was Palmyra, and I think their actual trouble started in a whole other state besides Ohio. Well, I, I agree. Uh, the, the Mormon Church <clears throat> was. Uh, uh, why did they go to Kirtland? Because they were they were essentially uh, asked to leave New York by by the citizens of New York. Uh, why did they leave Kirtland? Uh, because of bank fraud, primarily. Uh, Joseph Smith uh, hightailed it to Missouri because he was an, under indictment for the uh, uh, Kirtland Bank Society. Yeah, the, it was a Kirtland Safety, Safety Society. Society. I can't remember the the bank that they started was totally fraudulent. They didn't have a charter. They just started this bank and it was essentially, hey, Oliver, you want to start a bank? Yeah, cool, okay. <laughs> they 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 started a, a bank totally fraudulently, and and uh, and and. Uh, stole thousands of, of dollars from the the people of the area, uh, so the, uh, they get run out of, of Ohio. They go to Missouri. Uh, they get to Missouri, and um, there were terrible things that happened in Missouri. You know, Hans Mill and some other things. But the the uh, those things should not have happened. But the Mormons um, uh, there proved to be. Uh, neighbors, citizens that the Missourians couldn't handle. Uh, look honestly at the history of Missouri. There were terrible things done by the Missourians, but there were terrible things done by the Mormons. And 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 then the Mormons yeah, are run kind of scary, thinking that I believe my faith on them for so long. Well, but, but you know what? Mm -hmm. You and me both, and and every more. I I graduated from seminary just like you, and we were indoctrinated. I still have my seminary book on my shelf at home, the Restored Church, you know, the church history year that you that you do in seminary. And if you go, I read that now, and, and, and I get angry because I was being indoctrinated, just like all Mormon youth are being indoctrinated, in the history that the church wants you to believe instead of the facts. And that's wrong. The facts should be able to stand on their own. If the Mormon Church is the only true church on the face of the earth, if Joseph really did see this vision, and 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 the other ones, uh, you know, John the Baptist and Peter, James, and John, and all those things, if those really happened, 
why are does the church suppress its history? Right. Why does the prophet and the first presidency have a vault in their office that no one has access to? If, if all this stuff was factual, why don't all of the Mormon church have access to what those documents are mm -hmm. in that safe? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good point. Good point. Thank you, Debbie, yeah. for calling. Okay, line three, we have Lindsay calling in Bountiful. Hello, Lindsay. Yes. Yes, you're on the air, Lindsay. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. What's your question or your comment? Um, it, more that had to do with biblical. Uh, I have a couple questions. Am I able to ask more than one? Well, if you're quick. Um, my questions are with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. How they all had uh, places of opportunities for um, plural marriage, I guess you could say. And yet, at the uh, same time in the church, they talk about. I mean, the church holds them up in high regard in saying how they were able to build up a nation. And they, they teach us that uh, I can understand why. I mean, if you want to raise up the population, I guess raise up your members, I mean, tell them to have big families, it seems like. I, I'm, I'm not sure if this, I'm getting across my point. Well, you are, but, you know, Joseph Smith from the very beginning mentioned that Isaac and Moses both were polygamous, but you won't find that in the Bible anywhere. No, you won't. You, no. you cannot find uh, that that's true. Uh, and even mm -hmm. even if it was true, it's not something God commanded. And, no. of course, you know, did you know that um, one man with seven wives cannot have more children than one man, uh, seven couples each having a family? That's true. One oh. man... One That's man, very interesting. Well, we'll figure it out. One man with one wife, uh, ca uh, seven couples cannot have any less children than one man with seven wives. It makes sense. So they don't need to mm -hmm. have polygamy, and especially since the birth ratio is 50% boys and 50% girls. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so no, that, that, uh, that math doesn't work. Well, I think it goes back to Genesis. If, if God wanted to very quickly... Uh, multiplied, replenished the earth, why was it Adam and Eve instead right. of Adam, Eve, June, Sybil, uh, Rachel? I mean, why right. why, why the weren't they Noah. are? The same with Noah. Uh, Each of those men on exactly. Noah's. What, it it just it, it doesn't, uh, as they <coughs> say in Texas, that dog yeah. don't hunt. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay, so that's your first question. Do you have another one? Yes, I remember reading in the Desert News, um, this is a more recent one, um, with uh, President, um, uh, President Brigham Young saying how those, like, the wives who were, it sounded like more that, that if you don't like it, move out, it, that it wasn't, like, it sounded like they didn't have a choice if they wanted to participate or not. Well, there wasn't well, much There were some very <laughs> stern sermons by, uh, by Brigham. Uh, in the tabernacle to his wives to to control them um, uh -huh. he was he was tough in that regard there's there's no question about that um, but you know you you think about uh, the the early history here in Utah uh, uh -huh. a lot of these people came to uh, uh, to Salt Lake from from England and all these places they sold everything they had they they uh -huh. they came across the plains in the handcarts or or however they got here and, uh -huh. and and then once they got here and 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 they found out what was going on what do you do what do you do in uh -huh. 1855 when you sold everything that you had 
You got uh, here by by your own brawn and sweat of your brow across the plains, and then you get here and find out it, it, it's not what you were told. Right. Well, that's like uh, I feel for those early people who were rooked into Mormonism mm -hmm. uh, and sold everything and came here. What a t I can't imagine how terrible. It was uh, terrible. That realization on their part must have been. It's like your mother's family coming from Sweden, mm -hmm. and polygamy is in his family. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, and it was practiced right here in Utah. Mm -hmm. And and his great great grandmother was left here alone to fend for herself, mm -hmm. while the husband went off on a mission. Yeah, so. yeah, that yeah. that was uh, the norm. That mm -hmm. was the norm. And some good books to read. One is called. Uh, Tell It All by Fanny Stenhouse, yeah, an uh, and another one, The Nineteenth or the The Nineteenth Wife by mm -hmm. Annalisa yep. Young, and that will give you some of the information that he was just talking <clears throat> about. That will really give you a heartbreak mm -hmm. of what early Mormon polygamy was really mm -hmm. like. So thank you, Lindsay, for your call. And we have line one. Mike is calling in Salt Lake City. Hello, Mike. Hello. How are you today, Doris? Very good. Thank you. How are you? Uh, just fine. I've been uh, watching these uh, channels that have been uh, exposing a lot of the Mormon church. Uh, uh, last Sunday, there was a show on, and uh, it was called Nephites. It was on channel, uh, one of the channels, uh, and uh, I don't want to mention the channel, but it was talking about Mormon prophecy and how it comes true. And they, they showed the whole show, and there wasn't one prophecy that the Mormons uh, predicted that came true. What they would do when it was saying, in Israel they found a wall. And then all of a sudden they would try and interject it. The moment's predicted. It was it was deceptive. And then I saw another uh, program on uh, History Channel, which is a pretty good channel, that said that the Mormons and the banks in Las Vegas were in cahoots with the mob to build those casinos down there. And they were talking about the prostitution in Utah by these Mormons that were landlords. Uh, they were, and they were trying to entrap a lot of the federal agents and blackmail them so that they would stop uh, investigating polygamy. And this is just something I'm bringing up. They're bringing up stuff now, and it's coming out, and like, you are salt and light, and you are putting light on these deceptions, and the gentleman and the lady there, which is wonderful. And God has called you for this time to reveal this. And the Lord bless you. I like your program. It's Thank helping you. a lot of people. And you're doing what God calls you, and God bless you in your endeavors. Thank, thank you very much. And what we do like to do on this show, of course, is make sure that anything that we talk about on the show can be proved, that Proven, there's documentation absolutely. for whatever we bring up on the show. And, and we, of course, we, we That's what we do in our ministry, well, too. We have well, I think to it's that. important. Yes. No one deserves to be lied about. No, uh, no one. No one, you know, those of us that have come out of Mormonism or, or were never in it and, and, but, are, but are trying to reach the Mormon people, you don't have to, to tell a lie. You don't have to be no. deceptive. It's awful enough, the truth. And, and no one, exactly. the Mormon church should not be lied about, neither should anybody else. Right. And, and, but the reality of it is you don't, you don't have to. You mm -hmm. start looking into Mormon history, and there it is in black and white. Mm -hmm. You don't it's have there. to tell lies about it. It's it is there. there to be seen. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay, we have line two. Linda in Provo is calling. Hello, Linda. Yes, uh, good afternoon. Uh, thank you so much for the incredible show. I've been learning so much about an Christian. But I have a problem. I have two children. They are LDS. And we have a lot of problems in the family because I try to advise them 
the books that you sometimes put on the show, people, they come, and I ask them to read or to go different websites. But they told me that the leaders of the church advised them not to read anything mm -hmm. as controversial to the church. And I don't know how to approach them, and I don't know what to do anymore. I'm really frustrated because now they're taking my grandkids to do um, something they do with the kids when they are 12 and they go to do something for the dead people. I don't Baptism know what they do, the and I just yeah. worry about a lot of them. And I don't know what to do anymore. Do you have suggestions for her to... Well... Uh, Linda, uh, I, it's difficult. Um, in discussions with my family as well, I mean, I, I, I wrote a book uh, called When Salt Lake City Calls and uh, uh, sent a copy of it to members of my family. My sister read it and, uh, and you just said it was an incredible book. I have uh, four, four brothers. Not a one of them would read it. My parents didn't read it. They just said it was full of lies. They said, well, how can you say it's full of lies if you never read it? Um, but uh, that's the, the how, do you, how do you protect the myth of Mormonism? You protect it by telling your people that anything that is not written by the church, about the church, cannot be trusted. So you keep your arms around your people and keep them close and not let them see things that, that may make them question and dig deeper and find out. Um, and don't get me wrong here, I'm, not, I'm, I'm sure people are gonna take this wrong. I am not comparing the Mormon church to Nazi Germany, I am not doing that. But if you look back in history, how did Hitler gain control of the German people? He controlled the press, he controlled what they were allowed to read and hear. And that is in the same likeness, I am not, again, comparing Nazi Germany to, to, to Mormonism, but I'm saying it's the same principle. If you control what your people are allowed to read and hear, then you can control them. And that's exactly what's going on. And, and thank you uh, for that, and that's very graciously put, and that's so very true. Control, mm -hmm. the information control, sure. is one of the signs of a false religious group, is the information control. Mm -hmm. You know, we didn't get uh, only about halfway through our notes, and, and there's so much to talk about, but I do appreciate that you're coming. It's, it's, uh, thank you for uh, inviting oh, us. Thank you for inviting us. And we next it very time much. you're here in Salt Lake from Texas, we expect you to come back and maybe we can finish <laughs> the notes that we mm -hmm. weren't able to finish tonight. But uh, you're going to be at the Capstone Conference mm -hmm. again. We invite you to come and meet us. They'll be there. We'll be there. We'll have a table in the foyer. We mm -hmm. would love to meet new friends and say hello to old friends that we've uh, talked to before. And sense. check things out. That's the most important thing. The information is out there. The truth is out there. We're not making things up. Check things out and you will be surprised at what you will find. Um, my closing comments tonight is going to go back to the Bible, the story of Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar, which was used by Joseph Smith and is now used by polygamists to support their claims that polygamy was a biblical, biblical command and that God's people was under obligation to practice it. Early Mormons and today's Mormon polygamists exhort their polygamous followers to go and do the works of Abraham. And they teach that the works of Abraham is polygamy. However, in Hebrews chapter 11, God gives some beautiful examples 
examples of Old Testament heroes of faith, and he explains that truth-saving faith produces tremendous and powerful works for God. In that chapter, Hebrews chapter 11, God details the works of Abraham, but there's no reference of polygamy. It also mentions polygamous uh, in that chapter, Jacob and David and even Gideon, uh, but no works of polygamy by these heroes of the faith is commended or even mentioned, and that fact is significant. If polygamy had been so important, why doesn't the one chapter in the Bible that celebrates the faith of these Old Testament men, why is it completely silent on their practices? of polygamy. God doesn't deal in secret doctrine. We talked about that already, and he has never approved of anyone at any time because they practice polygamy. The faith that pleases God does not promote polygamy, but it does promote Jesus Christ because the only faith worth having is saving faith in Jesus Christ, who purchased redemption for lost sinners. Polygamy can't do that. Jesus' message was not live polygamy and be saved. It was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then on the cross, he said, it is finished. Redemption was finished by Jesus. You don't have to do it. Jesus did it for you. All you have to do is believe it. Thanks for watching. Good night. This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? This program is a production of A Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again.